0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the What If Project. Uh, My name is Glenn Sieper. This is episode number nine, episode number nine, and uh, this is an audio version of this week's blog post. And real quick, if you did not listen to last week's episode, um, you missed out. But luckily, thankfully, we have the interwebs and uh, podcasts down there as far as I know for the rest of eternity, so you can head over to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, wherever it is that you listen to your stuff, and uh, listen to episode number eight, uh Dr. Alexander Shia and the Four Gospels. I got to sit down with Dr. Shia, and uh, we talked about um so many things. He is one of my favorite writers, authors, thinkers. We talked about the four Gospels, the importance of reading the Gospels in their context. We spent time specifically uh, in the book of Mark because that's kind of what we've been exploring here at the What If Project. We talked about the storms of life, the difficult times of life, seasons of life. It was just really uh, helpful and insightful stuff. So you've got to go over there at some point this week and take a listen to that. It's episode number eight, Dr. Alexander Shia and the Four Gospels. But this, this is episode number nine. And uh, I'm calling it, No One is Left Behind. No one is left behind. So towards the end of uh, chapter five of Mark, uh, Mark says that after the episode with the guy who was roaming around the tombs, we talked about that story, uh, I think it was like two two weeks ago. Uh, but after that, Jesus and his disciples got back into the boat and they headed back to the other side of the lake. Now, remember When Jesus met up with the guy who was possessed by a legion of demons um, in the graveyard, that was a couple weeks ago, he was on the non-Jewish or Gentile side of the lake. And so now Mark says he gets back in the boat and crosses back to the other side of the lake, meaning he's now back in Jewish territory. Now, I want to pause here, um, and I, I pause to tell you this because All throughout Mark's gospel, we see Jesus and his disciples crossing over to the Jewish side of the lake, and then going back to the Gentile side of the lake, and then back to the Jewish side of the lake, and then back to the Gentile side of the lake, right? It's almost like Mark wants us to know that Jesus went to everyone. He didn't just wait for people to come to him. He didn't like set himself up in the temple with his disciples outside holding a sign you know, to go in and experience the Messiah, right? No, instead, Jesus took it upon himself to go to everyone, to meet with everyone, to be in the presence of everyone, no matter who they were, Jewish, Gentile, clean, unclean, observant of the Torah, clueless about the Torah, tax collectors, prostitutes, children, adults, rich, poor, whatever. And I would argue that, you know, he's doing the same thing today, He doesn't just sit in our churches, you know, up at the altar, waiting for people to respond to an altar call on Sunday so he can go and enter into their hearts, right? I mean, to be honest, like, that couldn't be further from what the stories of Jesus teach us. Rather, he's out in the world. You know, he's meeting people where they are, on their side of the lake, on their way to work, as they storm out of the house after a fight with their spouse, at the bar, at the strip club, in that dirty motel room, in churches, in schools, at the the grocery store, in the car, meeting people, all types of people, where they are, on their turf. Anyway, so Jesus goes back to the Jewish side of the lake and is immediately met by a guy named Jairus, who was a a member of the synagogue rulers. Now, Mark tells us that Jairus' 12-year-old daughter had become very ill, and she was actually on the verge of, of death. And so He begged Jesus to come and make her well. Now, Jesus naturally agreed, uh, went with him, and as was the case with most places he went, word got around that he was in town. Uh, The crowd began to grow and to build and to grow and to press in on him. Um, In that crowd, Mark says, was a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, um, a condition that the Bible says caused her to suffer at the hands of many doctors. And when she caught sight of Jesus, she thought to herself, if I could only touch his clothes, I know I will be healed. And so she made her way through the crowd, little by little, person by person, pushing people out of the way, pushing her way through until she got close enough. And she reached out, touched his cloak, and immediately uh, she was well. Now, Jesus says that, or Mark says that Jesus felt power leaving him. And so he yelled out, who touched me? Now the disciples look at him like he's insane because literally there's like hundreds of people around them. And they were all, you know, reaching, grabbing, trying to get a look at the, this miracle working rabbi. The woman then realized what happened. She raised her hand and said that, you know, she was the one who touched him. And then Jesus responds and says, woman, your faith has made you well. (laughs) Interesting, right? Now, meanwhile, uh, Jairus's daughter got worse, and word came to Jesus and her dad that she had died. And Mark says that Jesus ignored what they said. <laughs> I love that. Ignored what they said, looked at Jairus, and said, don't be afraid. You know, just just believe. And how could he not believe, right? Because like he literally just saw this woman get healed by simply touching Jesus' cloak. So surely, they had to, do, just had to do something to his faith. They had to have at least a little bit of faith that Jesus was about to do something great. And so they get to the house, and everybody's there, and they're they're mourning the young girl's death. And so Jesus told them not to cry. He said, don't cry, she's only sleeping. And then Mark says that they laughed at him, which apparently ticked him off, because then Mark says he put them out of the room. Like I don't know if he like lifted them up and put them out, told them to get out. Uh, called the bouncers. I don't know. But he put them out of the room, went in with Jairus and his wife and his disciples, and woke the little girl up. Interesting, right? And that's the end of the story. Now, I I love what Mark is doing here because he intertwines uh, the stories of two very different people uh, from two very different walks of life, from two very different places in society, and shows how Jesus steps into the story of each one and brings healing, renewal, and restoration. Uh, Jairus was a synagogue ruler. And so uh, he and his family would have been considered more upper class. The woman who was bleeding, though, she had a bunch of strikes against her. Not only was she a woman, and women, remember, were seen as like second-class citizens in the Bible, um, in Bible times, but she was also bleeding for 12 years, which made her unclean in the eyes of the temple rulers. And she has spent countless dollars on doctors none of which could make her well. Uh, there's this one commentary on Mark called Binding the Strong Man" by this guy uh, named Ched Myers. And he says that the squandering of money upon medical care was a problem for the poor in Bible times. Mark's comment about her suffering under the care of many doctors is a comment that both Matthew and Luke in their versions of the story leave out. And actually comes across in Mark as sharp and even cynical for she spent all that she had On doctors and profited nothing, right? Two very different people for sure, but one thing they have in common, though Mark says, is the number twelve. The girl he says is twelve years old, and the woman has been bleeding for twelve years. Now, this is an important piece of information that Mark's Jewish readers, uh, as is the case with like a lot of the language that Mark uses, like they would have picked up on this number immediately because for the Jews, the number 12 represented the 12 tribes of Israel or God's chosen people. And so by telling us that Jesus brought healing and restoration to two people from two very different backgrounds, from two different walks of life, one rich, one poor, who are in the middle of two different circumstances and who are both represented by the number 12, Mark wanted us to know that God's chosen people Uh, The people that God goes to, the people that God reaches out to, the people who are welcomed into God's presence and kingdom aren't found in one place or the other, but in all places, from all walks of life, from various backgrounds, from all different kinds of circumstances. You see, Jesus' mission to lay hands on the daughter of a synagogue ruler was, uh, I would say, like bluntly interrupted by the touch of a poor, unclean woman. You could say that the woman from the bottom of the social scale intruded on Jesus' mission to help someone at the top of the social scale, but yet each story ends in the same way, with both the daughter and the woman being healed, and the woman being called by Jesus' daughter at the end of the story. Right? In other words, in Jesus' eyes, both are the same. Both are his daughters. Both are welcome. Both are loved. Both are worthy of restoration. Both of them are God's children, regardless of their social status, their age, their gender, their background, their condition, whatever. They are the same. And I think that with this story and with all of these, all of these details, the point that Mark is making, at least one of the points uh, to his original readers is probably the same point that he'd make to us today it's time that we do away with the talk of who is in and who is out. It's time that we stop making sweeping declarations about who is welcome and who is not welcome, who is clean, who is unclean. And it's time we start embracing a kingdom that brings with it a new social order, a new way of understanding people, a new way of talking about God's chosen people. Earlier in chapter five, Jesus went to the non-Jewish side of the lake, right? And he brought healing and restoration to a troubled man. And then in this part of chapter 5, he goes back to the Jewish side of the lake. He brings healing and restoration to two different Jewish women, right? Indeed, no one is exempt. No one's left out. No one was beyond or too far gone for his touch. No one was pushed away. No one was left behind. Nobody. He got into his boat, went to each person on both sides of the lake, because each person mattered, and each person was in need and worthy of his touch. Uh, let's let that be the principle that we live by today, because there are people in your life on your side of the lake who are in need of His touch today. And as we've said in in previous episodes, you may be the only Jesus that someone encounters in their lifetime. They may never walk into church to experience Him. They may never walk and open up their Bible to experience Him. They might never be open and receptive to what maybe a minister or pastor has to say. They might not be aware enough to observe him in their own life. You might be the only Jesus that somebody meets in their lifetime. Go to their side of the lake. Meet them where they are and let them know that they are welcome and that they belong. Do that for somebody today. Much love to you, and I will talk to you next week. See you later.
1: Thank you so much for stopping by the What If Project podcast today. It was great to have you here, and I really just appreciate your your support. And hey, if this encouraged you at all, if it challenged you, if it pushed you, uh, challenged you in your perspective and how you understand the Bible, I would just ask that you head over to your podcast uh, listening platform of choice, whether that be iTunes. Google Play, Stitcher Radio, wherever it is that you're listening to this now, and uh, leave some feedback, leave a rating. Um, those ratings definitely help because it helps uh, bump the podcast up a little bit in iTunes. Um, and it gives people also a little bit of a kind of a look as to what to expect when they read what other people are saying. It so, if you could do that for me, that would be fantastic. Also, head over to the Facebook page and um, you can go to Facebook, type in what if project, the page will pop up, give it a like, feel free to join in whatever kind of discussion may be going on there, and also keep an eye out uh, for the upcoming online small group. Right now, we're in the middle of one for Mark, Uh, there will be coming another one later on, probably very early in the new year. So, if you'd like to sign up for that, um, all of the things will be. Up, pointing you in the right direction, and it would be great to see you there. So, again, thank you so much for stopping by, and I'll see you next time. Bye bye.